this episode, Labor Day is once again a great holiday. And the month on the road continues Saturday night in Ottawa. Crack those cold ones. It's the Argos Fancast. You can find us at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast or go directly to theargosfancast.podbean.com. I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at all kinds of clay. Doug is once again working, so we'll, we're flying without our uh, our third. But joining us as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com. He is the VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Hello, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And if you're uh, wondering where Doug is, you can find him at DougB519 on Twitter. And uh, you can find the Double Blue Order, his uh, group on the group for 116. Uh, Just search Double Blue Order on any of your social media platforms. And you can also get that, the the great cup, not not the great cup, but the great mug that holds your Ticat tears at doubleblueorder.ca, and not to mention the Law Firm t-shirt. Well, Will, Labor Day was a good day. It was a great day. Hasn't, notori- hasn't uh, notoriously been a great day for the t- for the uh, Argonauts. Um, last time we won was, uh, was uh, 2012. It's almost 10 years ago, but uh, we did come out with the win had a great first quarter and a great fourth quarter, uh, 28 to 8. And not to mention the defense pitched a shutout in the second half. Defense more or less pitched a shutout the whole game. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was a... Was it, it was a pick six. Pick six, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, defense pitched a shutout the entire game. Uh, let's go through the numbers. McLeod Bethel Thompson, uh, 22 of 34, 298 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, AJ Willett had 11 carries, 46 yards. Uh, Adeboye had three carries, 21 yards. Brandon Banks had a nice touchdown run of four yards. Uh, Curly Gittens Jr. had uh, a run for uh, two yards as well. Through the air, Brandon Banks. Two catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Willett, five catches for 70 yards. Curly Giddens Jr., three for 45. DeVaris Daniels, four for 42. DeMonte Coxey, three for 32. And Marky Thambles, five for 29. And a touchdown. Boris Beattie, two for three. Uh, and the field goals and... Uh, on defense, Enoch Mwamba led the way, eight tackles, one sack. Tavarius McFadden had uh, four tackles. Deshaun Amos had three, um, as as well as a special teams tackle. And Jamal Peters, again, he's a, he's a Ticat killer. Three tackles and two picks. Winton McManus, three tackles. John Oakman, three tackles. And then we go da- down the line, uh, sack from Shane Ray. Um, 
Brandon Barlow had uh, a couple key tackles in there as well. Uh, yes, yeah, and that was a, that was about the only other. Yeah, it was good good game by this defense. Yep, you know, albeit against the Ticats' third string quarterback. Nonetheless, um, you know, they they did what they needed to be done. Uh, they needed what needed to be done. Too many times on Labor Day, the the sorcery gets pulled out, and the Tie Cats, you know, find a way to win, even when maybe they shouldn't. Not this year. Nope. Not at all. And it was it was nice to see Brandon Banks get two touchdowns. Um, he, he is your touchdown leader on this team as well. Um, you know, he he may not catch every ball thrown his way. Uh, but it it definitely looked uh, a lot more like uh, Kim and McLeod Bethel Thompson at least had a little bit better chemistry in this game, even yep. though it was he was you know two catches or five five attempts. But I think a couple of those were uh, they were technically I think at least one of those was a throwaway. But yeah. It was it was nice to see that chemistry with those two. Um, so we haven't seen that yet this year. Not uh, not really. <laughs> well, since uh, we're right up uh, right up on uh, how we thought of this game, let's just jump right into this. The good. The bad, the ugly, and uh, well, Doug uh, forgot to give us his good, the bad, and the ugly this week. So we'll skip him. Will, what was? Uh, what do you want to start off with this week? Oh, uh, we're starting with good, the bad, or the ugly. Well, you take you take the pick. You're you're leading the charge right now. Uh, I mean, there, there wasn't a whole lot of ugly, I suppose, from the Argus side, other than, you know, the first half in general. It was, you know, the game was tied eight after one half, but if you look at it, the Argos really should have been up a lot bigger. You know, they do get the opening uh, drive touchdown, but then they also, you know, advance the ball into Hamilton territory, and Boris Speedy misses a makeable field goal up eight you know up eight to one and then they take the ball into the Hamilton territory again there's unfortunate uh you know deflection off uh Coxie's hands and um Hamilton gets a pick six and later in the quarter the second quarter they get the ball into Hamilton territory again and there is a miscommunication on a uh MBT pass to Curly Gittens and that's picked off so you know, four, you know, twice they're in the Hamilton zone and come out up empty. And, you know, as a result of that, it uh, made the game closer than it needed to be. Yeah, I I was going to go with the the, the, uh, the first half and uh, as well. I mean, we left a lot of points out there on the in that first half 
And yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head. There just there was, you know, we kind of we we came up a little bit short in that first half, but God damn, we picked it up in the second half, and especially that fourth quarter. Um, still haven't seen this uh, this team play a full four quarters, in my opinion. Uh, this one we cut or the offense anyway, uh, really only showed up for two quarters. Um, so I guess we can put that as uh, as as a bad uh, in this because um, I think you know we fit in all the other uglies. So I don't know. It, I I didn't have much else else to fit in those categories. Everything else would was pretty good for me. So what was your good? What was your good, Will? Yeah, are we skipping through the bad or? Well, do you have any more bad? I mean, we we touched on pretty much everything. Yeah. Oh. Uh, my good was uh, Jamal Peters again. <laughs> you know, albeit his two interceptions were off. Um. His two interceptions were off. The um, deflections. Nonetheless, it was, uh, you know, what can you you say? I mean, sometimes when when you're you're hot, you know, it's it's the. You've got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. And Jamal Peters has been both of those things in this uh, series against Hamilton and especially the last two games. You know, you, you can't not have that guy as, as you're good. And, and I think he's probably, well, it's too bad that that last game was, uh, or the, the first game against, Ottawa might count in in the month of August because he would be definitely in the running for uh, for player of the month uh, for September. Yeah. Um, the one thing the one thing that uh, that I was really happy to see in in this game was uh, the play of AJ Willette. Um, he was getting those. Uh, he, he was taking the hard runs uh, a lot like what we've seen uh, um, Andrew Harris do, um, you know, but only 11 carries 46 yards. So 4.2 average is so pretty good. Um, but he also, he caught seven balls out of the backfield, um, you know, 116 all purpose yards in this game. You can't ask for more from uh, from AJ Willette. Right. You know, he plays hard every game. We just, you know, I just wish, I just wish the offensive line could open up more holes for. Well, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I'm looking at the right. I mean, it may be uh, a result of the them not seeing a lot of holes in the line, but I mean, we didn't have too many running plays and no. we're, we're looking at 17 running plays total but i think because they don't i mean number one they're not dressing a fullback 
And number two, they know, you know, they know, unfortunately, the t- the runs, are, the, the yards are going to be tough. Yeah. But I think they did a good job with, uh, with you know, taking A.J. Willett and putting him in the flat. And, I mean, he got 58 all uh, yards after catch, so, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure, uh, for the, on the receiving side, for sure. And, and I mean, you know, the short passing game, you know, when you, when you can't open up those holes, that's an extension of the, of that running game. Right. So, you know, it's, it's the good with the bad, right? Yeah. But I mean, the offense did stall for long periods of the game. Regardless. Yeah. And there was a, a penalty in there that, uh, that, Took a uh, a good a good uh, gain off the uh, the scoreboard there. So, um, yeah. So we we came we won this series three to one. Um, I read a, an article um, on CFL.ca today about. Uh, by Matthew Cause about what we've learned about the Argos and the Ticats from this series. And he said it uh, came down to the number 11, plus or minus, depending on your, your view. For us, it uh, would be a plus. Um, and that would be in the in the four games – Toronto was a plus 11 on the turnover ratio. And it's the old adage when, when you can't figure out who's going to win the game, you go with the team that uh, wins a turnover battle. And in four games to be plus, plus 11. You know, you can't you can't say anything bad about the the defense when you're plus 11 in the in the turnover uh, category. That's that's what's been killing Hamilton all year has been those turnovers. Yeah, I I, I don't think anybody had that team at three and nine right now. No. No, I think we all kind of expected this to be a a dogfight for uh, for first with them and and possibly even Montreal I mean if you look at back at the beginning of the year or in the 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 offseason there are a lot of people posing the question is the east actually going to be stronger than the west this year and it hasn't no but thankfully we're the best in the east we opened up uh, a two-game lead on uh, over two game lead over Montreal and Montreal. Ottawa now. Yeah. And we've got Ottawa next on the horizon in Ottawa. On Saturday, September 10th. One of our many games on the road this month. And last game we played uh, Ottawa, we, well, it was mediocre. (laughs) 
to say to say say it best, mediocre at best. Yeah, I mean, Ottawa has, um, you know, Ottawa's won two in a row, albeit, you know, against Edmonton and, you know, an inconsistent Montreal team. Um, But their defense is solid, and Nick Arbuckle's played well the last two games. So, uh, you know, they obviously, they cannot take, they cannot take the Red Blacks lightly. You know, they need to, the Argos need to, take the Eastern division by the balls and say, no, you're not coming. No, no, you're not, you know, you're not passing us. And, uh, you know, they need to dash the hope of the, the hopes of the people in the capital. Yeah. I I think this is, you know, you finally got to have a statement game and, I'm looking at the uh, the CFL writers' picks this week. Only three of them picked picked uh, Toronto to win this game. Well, everybody everybody's bullish on the Red Blacks right now. Yeah, I I think this defense that Corey Mace has got going out there, you know, is as long as we can keep the time of possession relatively even. I think this this defense is a lot better than than people are going to give uh, give them or that have been giving them credit for. Yeah, they are. I mean, they, they. I think it's also it's a bend but don't break defense too. So they do tend to give up a bit of yards, which you know may hurt them in the uh, you know rankings category. Uh, but same time. You know, Ottawa's also played MBT tough. He's thrown, you know, last year, I think he's had a game where he threw three interceptions against them. So they, you know, they're going to need to be careful with that, too. You know, MBT's going to have to play turnover-free football. And, uh, you know, bait, you know, Get you know, get Nick Arbuckle back into the same rhythm which he was in Edmonton, where you know he threw a, a ton of picks. Yeah, I'm. Let me just. I want to take a look at this. This last game that Montreal played, and I wanted to. I wish they would. Uh, you know, we have, uh, have hurries and stuff uh, on here as well because I, you know, so I'm looking at their defensive stats. Um, I, Montreal did, did they knocked down five passes, but that that's about it. No quarterback sacks. Um, you know they they really didn't get a whole lot of pressure on Nick Arbuckle, so they gave him all kinds of time to survey the field, and you know that that still, you know, he was only sixty four sixty four and a half percent in the game, but he did throw for three hundred and thirteen yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So 
what I'm seeing here is, you know, Nick Arbuckle gets time. He's probably going to burn you. So they, they, this, the defensive pass rush needs to be there and be there, be there all game, get in his face, make him make quicker decisions. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be the key to slowing down that Ottawa offense that scored 38 points against Montreal. And then exactly what they they did in the first and uh, and fourth quarter against Hamilton. You know, you you change things up so you you've got you know you may have a a run going to Brandon Banks or Curly Gittens Jr. and then and then you're you're throwing you know a a 20 yard seam route to your running back just to just to get people thinking because you, you, like you know coming in they're not going to respect the run with the with AJ Willette back there you know like they like they would with Andrew Harris so right. they're going to be keying on the pass. So you gotta, you know, change things up, make them go. Okay, well, this ball could really be going anywhere, and you, you need to start hold. You need to really hold on to the ball and put some of these long drives that uh, the Argos have been so good at doing. But you need to score the touchdown at the end of those. Well, that well, that's played relatively well against Ottawa each time. So hopefully, that's a pattern that continues. Yeah, I'm just and I'm looking at the rushing stats here, and they, I mean, yeah, Montreal's rushing stats are actually pretty decent here. So they, they, you know, Walter Fletcher nine carries, 62 yards. Uh, Josh Winantui five carries, 56 yards. You know, 14 carries, you got 100, uh, 118 yards right there. That's not a great stat when you think about it. You know, that means you can you can definitely run against this Ottawa defense. So hopefully they can mix things up, uh get get uh we'll let rolling and maybe even throw in added a boy in there a few times because he he looked like he had uh a renewed burst of energy. When it, at did. the end of the game, he did. Oh. And the uh, like, moving away from that. So I mean, we're we're definitely there's a lot of things that the Argos can do that we know they can do that they got to do to beat. They need to get the running game going. They need to vary it up. They need to get pressure on Nick Arbuckle. So I th- I think we're we're good with that, and we'll get to how how big of a margin of victory that uh, we believe in in our picks later. But we have to go to um something that that is. 
something that I, I've been ranting on all, all year is discipline. And the writers finally, finally made the right decision and cutting Garrett Marino free. And then the CFL commissioner, according to David Naylor, may have sent out a memo reminding teams that he can refuse to register any player contract for any reason deemed valid. And and they have deemed player safety valid. Yeah, neither was wondering if they were going to be able to do that. Yeah, and and he himself admitted, you know, obviously I was wrong on this. Uh, there indeed is a provision in the CFL Constitution that allows a commissioner to refuse to register any contract for any reason deemed valid. And obviously, the safety and well-being of the players is definitely a valid reason. Now, well, you kind of went a little bit into the, uh, or was it on Twitter or was it Twitter where you were encountering a lot of the apologists? Yeah, we just, some but not all of, of writer fans were trying to say, oh, why did you know why why did they cut you know Marino you know trying to trying to pull the the whataboutism with Simone and and you know what this was the right decision I mean the last draw I think was it was a hit on uh, Caleros this weekend yeah sorry we don't need that garbage in our league. No, it's, I mean, I can remember watching the first game he played and going, yeah, this guy, this guy looks pretty good. He he plays with an edge. And then it wasn't much long after that, that he played right over that edge. And he just stayed across, across that line where you don't want anybody to, to stay. And he just wasn't worth it. You know, he's got eight tackles, one sack this year. Last year he had uh, seven, or sorry, na- uh, nine tackles, one sack, one of them being a sack. And uh, last year he had 13 tackles and four sacks. If you want to, you know, get rid of the million reasons that you have to get rid of this guy because of the what he's done outside of the rules of football. But just looking at his, his stats, I mean, he's not he hasn't been worth it this year. Well, sometimes I mean, I'm not I'm not defend 
you know, I'm just defending the defensive tackle position. Sometimes you don't see, you know, the defensive tackle position sometimes isn't easy to measure via stats, you know? No. How many linemen are you clogging up for your linebackers to make plays? You know, that type of thing. But at the same time, the couple of games that I've watched that, that he he has played this year, um, he just he does not look like he's been worth the money they're paying him, frankly. Now that's he, well, he's making you know I, I don't think he's worth the league minimum period. And that's that's what he's gotta be making this year because it's only his second year in the league. Uh he's still on his rookie deal. But still that's so far down on the list of reasons to get rid of this guy that I don't think anybody's even started talking about it that side. But, like, oh, I was – fuck this guy. He's I don't ever want to see him playing professional football again. I don't think he and deserves it. All right. We're done with our railing on Garrett Marino. And we should have played the uh, the illegal procedure thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we got ahead of ourselves a little bit there. Um, okay, let's, let's jump into uh, fantasy here. Uh, we, we lost last week my team personally would have been the best in the whole podcast league (laughs) okay well then officially then will um unofficially i won (laughs) officially we're going with your picks this week oh well last place incoming uh, <laughs> I think that I think that happened when we went with Doug's picks too. Um, well, I mean, quarterback again. I mean, you got the banjo bowl, and the game was kind of tight. Uh, you know, and Vernon Adams almost seems like an intriguing. Yeah. But is he going to start? Is the question. Yeah, because he was um, just. And how much time would he need to. Get used, you know, get the chemistry going with his. New teammates. Yep. So then if we don't go Evans. Oh, like, uh, or sorry, if we don't, if we don't go Vernon Adams. Um, Do we go in? I mean. You, I mean, the only, there's not many. The problem is, do we like. MBT, as I said, his, his result, he hasn't played. Overly well against Ottawa the last couple of games. So I'm kind of, but well, you know, 
Jake Mayer kind of struggled against Edmonton. Yeah. And Taylor Cornelius. Yeah. Had a... It wasn't terrible, but, well. No, I mean, but, you, know, you know, 257 yards, two touchdowns, you know, not it, not a bad day. I mean, at that point, then. Maybe we go Jake Mayer at 8,900. You know, he had a good second half, so, you know, maybe hopefully that carries over. Yeah. I would uh, still, like, uh, yeah, I, I think if, if Vernon Adams is, is uh, put in at the starter, I think we, you know, pick him up. But I think we need to wait to see what the depth chart's going to yeah. be. So put Jake Mayer in there for now. Yep. Running back, I'm going to go A.J. Willette. Well, I, well, I don't know. Maybe not. I, I'm thinking, where is Frankie Hickson on this list here? 4386. Yeah, because he's he played well. You know, they, they should have give him, given him the uh, the rock to score that one touchdown, but Yeah, going into Winnipeg Stadium, though. Yeah. Okay, well, as and then receiver, flex, DI, you know, what? It, where is your, your thinking here? Oh, uh... I mean, do we think Brandon Banks might be worth it at six thousand? See, Marky Thambles has been scoring a few touchdowns, but he's not getting a whole boatload of yards, has he? No. And he's only two hundred fifty cheap. Well, two hundred sixty cheaper than uh, Brandon Banks, who has been scoring the touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, we can go with. Banks again, see if he keeps up his. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, and then uh, Flex D. God, I don't even know who to go on defense anymore. The Argos are pre- were pretty good, but I don't know if they're going to be, be able to uh, generate as many turnovers against Ottawa. I might take Winnipeg at 3,200. All right, done deal. All right, so right now, penciled in, we've got Jake Mayer, AJ Willett as a question mark, Frankie Hickson, Brandon Banks, uh, and Winnipeg's defense. I think that's a good start. Yep. And I, and I, I also have to note here, we're a little over halfway through the season, and you're no longer groaning every time we mention fantasy. I think we have won you over at least a little bit. Not really. <laughs> oh, well, picks this week. Let me get up the uh, coin here so uh, we can get Doug's picks as well. Okay, so we start the week off on Friday. We do. We've got BC 
in Montreal. Possibility of Vernon Adams starting. I think if Vernon Adams starts, I I think BC wins. He's just got too many weapons available to him at receiver and enough uh, veteran presence on on that uh, in that receiving core to to be able to uh, pick up some of the slack where he may not be able to pick it up as a, as a new quarterback in the new offense. So you I'm going BC. You just don't know what you're getting with Montreal right now. No. Literally, it is a flip a coin of what Montreal team you're going to get. Yeah. Do you get the uh, Trevor Harris is uh, is done and overrated team, or do you get the holy crap? Where did Trevor Harris, the the veteran, pull that out of? I'm going to go Montreal. Okay. And uh, well, the rules of the coin heads are are the uh, the visitors' tails as a home team, so we're flipping the flipping the coin for Doug, and he is taking tails. He's taking Montreal. Very well. Saturday, we get the rare CFL triple header. Start off 2 o'clock in the nation's capital, Toronto and Ottawa. I think the Argonauts are going to take this by about, they should take it by about 15 to 20, but I think it's going to be be a seven-point game in the Argos' favor. Will? Yeah, um, I think that um, Yargos should win. And uh, Doug is picking the Yargos, but uh, just we'll we'll go with a tight game. Will be uh, heads, a blowout will be tails. Let's see what he's going to decide here. Oh, he's picking a tight game. Uh, this then that starts that's a two o'clock in the afternoon start. Uh, then we've got the five o'clock Eastern start, Saskatchewan in Winnipeg in the banjo. <laughs> oh, I, I am assuming you're picking Winnipeg. Yeah, because I, I I don't vote for Saskatchewan. <laughs> I'm picking Saskatchewan and because you're from there. Yeah. Um, and just because I want to see something really screwy happen in this game. I think that's the only way Saskatchewan wins by something really weird happening. Um, and let's see who Doug's picking. Douglas. Douglas is picking Saskatchewan. Ooh. And then we get the third leg of the triple header at 8 o'clock. Calgary is in Edmonton for round two of the Battle of Alberta. I didn't. I don't know how Calgary doesn't win this. Like, even their crap game is better than Edmonton. Yep. Calgary by right. a mile. Now, is Doug uh, going to go... With Calgary or Edmonton, the coin says he's once 
once again riding the Edmonton train for the second week in a row. Doug, such bold choices. Although, again, I have to hope Edmonton wins a home game before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, So by default, Yeah, I'm just seeing here. Yeah, because you're going out there in uh, in October, right? And when is... Okay, so they still got Montreal coming to town before, before you're out there. So they still have a chance, but yeah, for for Will's sake, everybody get on the, the Elks bandwagon. And... Not the uh, TSN mistake that was broadcast during the final leg of the the Ballard Cup. Change the name of the trophy. (laughs) Yes. Change the name of the trophy. Uh, Honestly, I I would be happy with just about any change right now. Um. Well, I think we we've got to go to Asia. Go yes, and uh, let's go to Kazakhstan first. Illegal procedure, defense. They made the offense move. Five yard penalty. First down. Repeated. Oh, and and Anton was on his game this week as as he. Always is whenever they play the Thai Cats. Um, Will, what was your tweet from Kazakhstan this week? Oh, well, Mister, uh, you know, friend friend of the show, Simone. <laughs> oh, you picked the same one I did. Well, you, you let me go first, so yeah, yeah. I'll visit two, Simone Lawrence says, I'll visit two schools this week to talk about adversity on our bye week. Contact the mob. To which our friend Anton quote tweeted and said, I'm not sure about school rules in Canada. Do I have to get my parents permission to go to school? If so, did MBT give you permission? For him, the Tiger Cats are the father of the defense. Just kidding. It's good for kids. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Even even Anton can set aside his differences with with uh, Simone Lawrence when it when it comes to helping out kids, and I think we all can. Um, but in that that sense, I think Simone needs to get uh, law firms' permission since uh, he owned their defense. Um, okay, well, since you you took it mine, I am going to one from. Uh, Actually, from the fifth here, uh, from uh, Sunday, it's the after the post post game. I'm so drunk. I'm not sober. I'm going to celebrate working in a potash mine. And by work, I mean skipping work, similar to what the Thai Cats O did today. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Anton, don't ever change. Oh, and we got the, well, the 
pork rankings, but he, he he's gone and and uh, changed it to a variety of football rankings this week. Yep. Ow. So not much change is up there uh, is up at the top, but we'll just we'll look at the he's got Madden football as the his favorite kind of football. And like any video game, we all find that groove and that right set of plays where we say, "Okay, time to win now. And we just do. That is simply what is going on here with the Bombers. Yeah. Like, I I used to love Madden, like, 2004, when it was, like, third and ten, and you would do the Ask Madden, and it would tell you to do a running back, this play should work, a running back draw. <laughs> See, I was I was never a Madden guy. When I was playing playing the va- playing, uh, video games, I was still kind of uh, technically the pre-Madden era. The... Uh, Ten the, yard uh, fight. <laughs> well, I, I was in the Joe Montana Sports Talk football oh, Sega I had, Genesis I, I, era. I mean, I had that for Sega. I had that for Sega Genesis. Yeah, but I never had the I never had the Madden football. Yeah, I so, got Madden for N sixty four, and once I got that, I got Madden. But yeah, well, I I, I never. Had Joe, I had Joe Montana football. Yeah, that for see Sega. that was that was that that was my my go to game and. That one, I, I could always hit that uh, the running back sweep. For some reason, I I could always kill with that one. Uh, second, the stamps uh, come in at CFL football, playing it like it, like they invented it, doing all the right things at the right time. Not always pretty, but always in the mix and competitive. No surprises here, just solid gameplay. The BC Lions, since, uh, well, they didn't do much. They're just plain old football. Football! <laughs> just regular old football going on here, like when you were young, and you just kept tossing so- tossing someone else in at QB to see if uh, you could find out who can actually throw decently. Not Antonio Pipkin. <laughs> Uh, the Argos are backyard football. I seem to recall the words chucking and dunking uh, being tossed out this weekend. This is what it is. Ain't pretty sometimes. Just draw it in the dirt and see what happens. Yep. And then we go to the bottom half. Uh, the Riders are electronic football. I owned this as a kid and loved it. In fact, I guess that it was one of my Christmas presents, so opened it a week early, played it, and put it back under the tree, and got caught. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, then you've got electric football, invented back in the 40s. This was a fancy sheet of tin with some uh, little plastic players uh, on top and a tiny motor to shake it underneath, noisy as hell, and eventually zapped you. Yeah. (laughs) Don Landry did this awesome video a few years ago of him plugging in one of those CFL electronic football games. And... (laughs) 
his outlet started smoking and it was it was it was a good laugh. <laughs> uh, I don't um I don't recall uh the video still up. Oh, <laughs> uh, and this I I believe this was also uh picked up by uh the Simpsons uh where he Homer Simpson came in to co- coach a Bart's minor league football team and uh it just yeah okay all right you you guys go go out this way and fall down and and you spin around in a circle <sighs> red blacks or flag football i remember playing flag football there was always that one kid that had cleats and could run around everybody Nobody liked that guy, and we'd never toss the ball to him. Yeah, that, that I I played flag football when I was older, but uh, the uh, now we get into the interesting ones here in television football. I have no idea what this is. But the writer of uh, is saying, yes, I owned an Intellivision as a kid. Yes, I'm old. I played this game a ton. But I'll always remember my cousin decimating me by over 100 points the first time I played. I think I've heard of Intellivision. Vaguely. I, I may, may not. I'm not sure. Worst 10-yard um, fight. I don't know. Where's Tecmo? See, Tecmo should be right up there. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm okay. I wouldn't put it like Madden, Joe Montana, Sports Talk Football. Though those games, there was a little bit of uh, skill required. Tecmo Bowl, once you figured out the uh, the little hacks in it, like you know, running all the way back to your end zone and then throwing a pass all the way over, especially if you played with the uh, played with uh, any of the big the big passers of that era um or if you uh played with a good running back all you really had to do was just run that sweep with Tecmo Bowl so that doesn't you know rate as high as some of the fourth the other sports video game that I loved and they're bringing back finally was NCAA football yeah I used to like that game that one was great. It had just enough to require some skill, but didn't have all the the extras that that made you get all, you know, that people all go all goo eyes over, like the the general manager mode or the coach mode or any, you know. That's what I hope they bring back. Unfortunately, they're probably going to have to put the nil contracts in there somehow, and the transfer portals or whatever. Um, and the tie cats. They're jacks. Not really football. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> that old-timey game where you throw little metal barbs on the ground, bounce a ball, and try to pick up as many as you can. Eventually, you just step on them and hurt yourself. Ouch. <laughs> that's uh, the shot. <laughs> and that's a, that's a Well, based on some of the, the fans' uh, reaction... Um, 
that's about where they are. They're, they don't believe they're playing football either. On last but not least, um, there was some good things to come out of Saskatchewan uh, this weekend. Um, good things come out of Saskatchewan? Yeah, well, they, I mean... Okay, there there were some... Well, some, yes. Yeah, there, yes, there were I know, some... I know, yeah, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, now that the last suspect has been caught, the families of everybody in the James Smith Cree uh, nation can mourn and be able to uh, live what normal lives they can. But in saying that, you know, all all of our thoughts and prayers go out to them. Um, Before the Labor Day games, uh, there was uh, some music, uh, musical interlude with Anthony Lanier of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He uh, was caught singing some Garth Brooks. So in an interview, somebody managed to bring this up to Garth Brooks. So the Saskatchewan Rough Riders want to know if they can line up a duet. And Anthony, at the bottom there, says, does he have your blessing? That is great. I love it. I, what I want to know is somebody come up to go, oh, dude, you can't sing. Who's going to tell a man that song? <laughs> right? He can't sing. I, I can sing. quite like you. Hey, he can sing. That's great. And I got to tell you, too, it's it's... Uh, this that's the place uh, it's so much fun to play so anthony lanier uh, sang friends in the low places and uh, garth brooks has his blessing so i guess the next time garth is in saskatchewan anthony lanier give him a call yeah. also want to congratulate the Piffles podcast for raising money for CFL fans fight cancer with their dunkathon last Saturday in Regina. Yeah, how did how did they did they post the uh, the results of that at all? I think I saw somewhere in the five thousand range. Nice, that's fantastic. Yep. Yeah, so yes. yeah, I'm just just reading their tweet. Uh, we we can't thank you enough for the donations, uh, both money and time today for the Dunk Tank event. We were able to raise over five thousand dollars to fight cancer. Yep, I, you know I've I've volunteered with CFO fight, fans fight cancer in the past, and uh, you know something started probably about fifteen years ago now, and it's still going pretty strong. That's awesome. All right, we'll end on that on that high note. Uh, I guess that does it for the Argos Fancast. Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And, uh, well, Doug, who's not here, you can find him on Twitter at DougB519. You can find the Double Blue Order on all the socials. Just search Double Blue Order or get your uh, get your DBO merch including the Ticats Tears mug, 
uh, and the law firm t-shirt at doubleblueorder.ca. You can find me at all kinds of clay on the Twitter and Instagram machines. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast or go directly to theargosfancast.podbean.com. That does it for the Argos Fancast this week. We'll talk to you next week after we've won another game. This time in the nation's capital to kick off a successful coaching. Cheers, everybody. 